Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I'm Gemma, your host as always, and today we've got a very special episode for you. So we are all about integrated and smart travel on this episode. Uh, it's a really integral program here at Transport for the North, the IST program, all about making it easier, simpler, more cost effective, quicker, less stressful to get around by public transport. So that's buses, that's trains, and that's trams as well in some areas of the north, of course. So First up, we're going to be hearing my interview with Jeremy. So Jeremy joined us um, a few months ago. I think it was uh, earlier on in summer, around about July time. And he came on, as I say, as the Integrated and Smart Travel Programme Director. He joins us uh, with a background in various areas of, uh, of travel and public transport, most notably from Trainline.com, which we all uh, love and use, I'm sure, or at least used to use when we were still traveling around by train much more than we are these days. So I sat down with Jeremy for a chat about all things IST. We looked at why IST matters for our longer term plans for the North the impact of COVID, of course, on the programme and some of the key achievements and successes of the IST programme so far, particularly around uh, flexi season tickets and the rollout of uh, season tickets on smart cards as well. Um, and again, those, uh, those flexi tickets in particular are going to be super important for when more of us get back onto using public transport as we recover out of the COVID-19 pandemic. We also touched on uh, a London-style transport system. Could that work for the North? So let's jump in. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi. Now, uh, you've only been at Transport for the North for a couple of months, actually, um, and it's all been a bit different from how it normally would joining a new organisation. So I know you're still uh, finding your feet, getting to know everybody and really getting uh, your head around um, what's what's going on in the world. But you've got um, a, a strong background in, in this arena. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about um, yourself, how you got here and then uh, introduce the IST programme to us? Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, look, I've actually been here since July, so it's a little bit more than two months now. And, wow, it uh, is. Yeah, time flies well, in lockdown, it eh? Certainly does, and and that's the key point because there's there is so much to do and so much exciting opportunity uh, for transport in the north. So yes, yeah, so my my background has been um, all, all the way through the the rail sector, and um, I co-launched the Trainline.com for Richard Branson many years ago, and. Uh, did a whole bundle of other stuff on ticketing, and it just seemed to be a really great opportunity when the role at Transport for the North came up. Um, and, and thankfully, Transport for the North agreed. So here I am. And um, so what, what we find ourselves with at the moment is the first phase of our um, Transport for the North program with IST, um, you know, coming towards a point where we're now um, sort of looking at what to do next. And so those first elements we divided into four. Um, and so essentially they were smart cards on rail, 
um, provision of data um, to customers so that they've got easy access to data, not only timetables, but disruption and things like that. I'm sure we'll go into that in a bit more detail. Um, and then onwards from there, we're now working with our uh, local authority and city region stakeholders to uh, enhance and enable uh, cont smart contactless travel in the uh, individual cities and regions around around transport for the north. And so that brings us sort of to, it's almost the end of the beginning. Um, and, and now we're in the process of planning the next stage and uh, we'll get on to talking about that. Um, but that's the point, that's where we're at at the moment. So we've delivered some really great stuff, um, got something, got things moving and now looking at the longer term. Fantastic. That's really um, great introduction, Jeremy, to uh, to yourself and to the IST program. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it has been uh, July all the way all the way back in summer. Um, and, and I suppose you've still not met anybody in person. So a uh, bit bizarre, but this is the uh, unprecedented times that we're living in. Um, now, let's talk a bit then about, you touched on a couple of the things there in terms of what IST has already uh, achieved. So let's talk a little bit about a couple of those things and the benefits that passengers are seeing out of those. Now, again, the, we're going to put the, the C word caveat on this and say, of course, we're still in times of um, various restrictions and transport uh, use and travel patterns have very much shifted um, but one of the things that um, did come in and I was a big win for um, IST and partners and certainly something that that I benefited from when I was uh, commuting all the way back at the um, early start of the year um, was smart cards for season tickets uh, tell us about those yeah, no, absolutely. So um, we've been able to uh, roll out smart card season tickets across uh, the rail services right across the whole region. And, um, you know, although on the, on the one hand, you know, people might think, well, actually, that's surely really easy to do because London have had that for, you know, quite a while. In, in practice, it's actually really difficult in a deregulated transport environment as we have up here in the north. And so, uh, we've worked with obviously all of the individual rail companies uh, to make sure that this is uh, deployed in a timely manner, and you know that's been one of the one of the challenges. But it's a really big benefit. So that if you're on if you're travelling on a particular line and there's more than one rail company um, providing services on that line, you don't want a situation with a smart card, for instance, where you can say, oh, but you can only use it on that type of train. Um, and so it's all those things that, you know, we've, we've got out of the way and uh, been able to launch that. And, and the really important thing, not only, uh, of course, making that easy for, cost for customers to, you know, use and renew, etc. Uh, but now we're in a, a COVID world, of course, it's also touch free, uh, which is very, very good, too. But the key thing is it creates a platform from which we can move on. And so what we have been doing uh, more recently, both with uh, Mersey Travel and, and in particular with Northern, is working on a flexible season ticket for those who are, of course, now not going to be commuting to work five days a week, um, which could be quite a lot of people. And, and so um, it's the same approach, you just tap and go. 
Um, and with a flexi season, you, you know, you get 10 journeys for the price of nine. And uh, it's, it's a much more, uh, you know, appropriate way of applying uh, rail ticketing and smart cars to rail um, in a post-COVID world. And so we're in the process of rolling that out. We've talked to government about how we extend that and how quickly we might be able to extend that. Um, but it's those sort of things which are really important. And then to go with that, we have been building uh, a number of systems uh, to make sure that data is available to people. So we've been doing one of these with the Department of Transport to make sure that uh, bus fares are available to everybody from every operator around the country. And that, um, that starts in January 2021. So we've done a really big um, enabling system as part of that program. And we've also built an open data hub, which sounds super technical, but it basically means it's one place to find all the information for transport across the northern region. Um, and um, this is not something that consumers would be logging onto. This is something that people like Google and Moveit and uh, others um, log onto and use in their apps. So this is the data. This is a source of data that you will find in things like Google Maps and other and other products out there. Um, and so this is a really core functionality that we've been able to deliver for the North. And of course, now that we're looking you know, into uh, questions about, well, how does the transport industry, how does society recover from COVID-19? You've also got then questions about saying, well, OK, we also want to need we want some more information that we haven't previously had. How busy are the services? How busy are the buses and the trains? And that capacity information is part of the package that we're that we're putting together. Um, and in addition, um, things like disruptions. You know, if you take the bus, uh, as, I, as I do, you know, you, you don't you want to know if there's a series of roadworks that is going to either change your route or make you late. And, and that disruption management process is another one of the packages that we've already built and that is in use in the major cities um, in the north already. So it's those types of things that we're that we're doing. Um, they are real solutions for real people traveling. Uh, we're very proud of that. Uh, that's the base on which we're building our next uh, program. Fantastic. I mean, that's really obvious examples there of what the IST program working with many partners right across the region has been able to achieve very recently. And, and again, those flexi season tickets, you're absolutely right. It's exactly what we're going to need, isn't it? Because we're not going to go back to a traditional Monday to Friday, nine to five, everybody going to a city centre commuting pattern. It just doesn't look like that's going to happen. So having that flexibility built directly into our public transport systems is going to be absolutely critical. Um, let's have a touch on um, the sort of bigger picture then in terms of transport for the North's work obviously we are a regional transport body so it's not just public transport it's not just roads it's not just it, active it travel is. it's it, it, it's it's local strategic rail it's you know big projects like hs2 and npr tell us jeremy about how the integrated smart travel program fits into that bigger picture of strategic transport needs for the whole region well, this is the key to the way that we're looking on uh, going forward, because 
Um, all of the types of transport you've just mentioned, everything from HS2, NPR, all the way through to you know cycling and active travel and active mobility, etc., and everything in between, they are all discrete types of uh, travel, and they are in the north. Um, very much in a deregulated scenario. In other words, that they're run by different companies and different organizations across the region. And so the key point is how do we connect them? How do we connect them in a way that uh, citizens can be incentivized to use the, you know, particular ranges of uh, travel providers um, in particular types of journeys? Uh, for instance, you know, we may wish to incentivize people to use their bicycle to a transport hub and then take public transport from there instead of driving to the station, for instance. Now, how do we do that and how do we do those connections um, and, and how do we make them work for incentivization? Because ultimately, um, the key thing is that citizens have to want to be able to take particular types of, of transport um, going forward. And that is very much what we're focusing on. So um, at the moment, we are running um, a global innovation challenge. Um, and we're doing that because it is particularly challenging to connect all these diverse transport types. Um, and we are doing this with the assistance of innovators from around the world. Um, what we are getting back is uh, a series of demonstrators and examples of how things really work. So these are not theoretical solutions, they're real practical possibilities. And then we are taking those forward, uh, when we intend to take those forward as part of our next uh, phase in the IST program. And what that will do initially is allow city regions and other local authorities and particular modes of transport to begin to build out all of the incentive offers that they want for their, their, their consumers, their travelers, and then extend to nearby networks, so bus and rail, bus and rail and tram, um, tram and cycling, et cetera, and begin to connect those together over a number of months and years across the north. And by taking that approach, we are maintaining a scenario uh, where we have local control, where we have local incentivization, but as part of a regional network. Uh, and so that is the core to developing what we're going to do going forward. Um, and, and that doesn't stop at, um, if you like, the simplicity of uh, buying tickets for journeys. Um, it really moves much further forward into a completely um, synchronized travel solution. Um, and we will be looking forward to including things like automated vehicles, uh, for instance, in taking you to and from a transport hub um, much later on. And um, of course, inclusion with HS2 and uh, NPR. We, um, we've talked before on this podcast about a London style transport network and, and can it work in the north? Should it work for the north? Do we want it to work for the north? What are your thoughts on that London style network? Um, do you want it for the north? Could it work here? Well, I, I think I think it's absolutely essential. Um, but um, I'm going to say that you know the the London experience in in terms of transport 
is only part of the solution. It is, you know, it's built with technology, you know, from um, you know, 20 years ago in that sense. Um, it, it includes, of course, all of the transport operators that we recognize as transport operators, but it doesn't include things like incentives to use cycles or to, uh, you know, other active travel modes uh, and, and perhaps to swap out car journeys. Um, and so what we're looking at is really a step on. So we, we can do a number of those things already with the smart card based uh, platforms that are in existence. But the key thing is how we then extend that. And so um, the word network is not really sufficient in that. And that's why we're using the term um, a smart north ecosystem. It is really going to be going forward an ecosystem of connected parties. Um, and it's all of those people who are involved and organizations involved in travel and transport need to be able to connect together to incentivize different um, usage of travel and transport going forward. That is a, the bigger vision that we have. It is absolutely essential to get to 2050 decarbonization. Uh, and we are certain that we will be able to show demonstrators um, coming up fairly soon on how this could work across the north. And so uh, for us, that's the key focus. Um, customers will see it very much as a similar type of implementation to what is there in London. It may be a card, it may be you may, may choose to use your mobile phone, but it will extend further than that as well. And, and that is for us core to achieve the objectives of our city regions and our, our, our transport authorities. We've um, we've touched on um, COVID a little bit when um, at the start we talked about recent uh, successes and the importance of uh, smart cards and, and flexi season tickets. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the innovation uh, smart north ecosystem uh, process that, that that's just mm. begun and is obviously going to be a key area of focus for the IST team in the coming months. Tell us a little bit more about the the focus for the next sort of six or twelve months. And I, I, I guess again, the, the the C word is very much going to to feature in that. Well, it, it is because um, the key thing really that's driving um, you know where we are in the wider government government space at the moment is delivery. It's all about being able to build back better, as, as you know, we know is one of the slogans that government uses. And crucially, that build back better process is going to be about delivery. And so what we're doing is working with the Department for Transport now based on what we have already delivered, based on the capabilities that we have to build out a program uh, which fits into the comprehensive spending review timescales, of course, that we are uh, obliged to work to with government um, and make sure that what we can do within that, uh, that potentially one year comprehensive spending review is actually deliver real benefits on the ground, like we have been doing with uh, with the flexi season ticketing, um, and so we're essentially taking each step of our wider program and um, dividing it into the um, the spending review program that government is currently uh, revising. And so, uh, a lot of our work at the moment is making sure that we have the delivery capability 
and that we have the support from DFT and, of course, our city regions and partners in order to deliver over the next 12 to 18 months. Jeremy, I'm going to finish um, on, uh, on one final thing. Um, you are involved in a theatre company uh, in your hometown, and I would like to know, um, are there any similarities between between your role there and delivering smart travel projects? I, I, don't, I don't know if you have any diva actors and actresses in your company. or. <laughs> Um, I, I couldn't possibly comment on that. Um, <laughs> of course we do. Um, no, but um, there are, actually really, there are many similarities, but the main similarities, uh, the similarity is that actually you have to do things which people want to use and, to, and in the case of theatre, come and see. If, if you don't understand what your audience actually wish to do, then you won't have uh, you know a good chance of delivering against that, and and so actually that's very much the case. And travel and transport is absolutely in that sort of uh, that that genre, if you like. Um, it, it is considered to be an, a piece of infrastructure. It is expected to work at every point, um, and so it's just like going to the theatre. You go to the theatre, you expect to see a, a really enjoyable production. Um, and every aspect of it has to work, and that's really where we come from. Yeah, have have to give the people what they want, right? Yeah, make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeremy. That was a really insightful look into the uh, IST program. Great to hear about the uh, the recent successes. Really interesting to hear about what's coming up. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with uh, with Jeremy there. As you've heard, there's been a lot going on even since he joined TFN uh, just a few short months ago. And of course, that was uh, an interesting challenge for Jeremy to come on board while we're all in remote working. But um, plenty more still to come from the IST programme, as he touched on there. Lots of exciting areas of development for the future. And uh, like we like we said, the um, rollout of flexi season tickets, the use of smart cards, the integration of different apps, the use of all that information and data that comes out of the transport network, really, really crucial as more people get back to traveling more by public transport over the, uh, the early part of uh, 2021, hopefully. And uh, that's it then for today's podcast. So not so much of myself and Stephen this week. You might be pleased to, uh, to hear. Next time on the podcast, we are going to be talking all things decarbonisation, another really, really important area of work for TFN uh, to decarbonise our transport networks. As we know, um, government have set targets, local transport authorities have set targets, individual companies, and um, you know, we all are working together. To, to meet those decarbonisation goals. So we'll be having a chat with our very own decarb lead, Peter Cole, about the decarb strategy that's being developed by TFN, what that means for transport. And we'll also be talking news from the APPG for net zero. And again, they'll be publishing their decarbonisation report. And um, so some really interesting activity going on in the decarb field, uh, which we will uh, cover in next time's podcast. 
until then, uh, please do stay in touch with Transport for the North. You can find all our latest news on our website, transportforthenorth.com. Head over to the calendar section to find out what's coming up at Transport for the North. It's our board meeting later this month, so do tune in to that. Um, and anything else that we're doing, we'll pop it on that calendar page as well, so keep an eye out on that. Sign up to All Points North, our weekly email newsletter. And um, if you scroll down to the bottom of the main website page, there's a little box there where you can put your email address in and you'll get all our updates there. And keep up to date on social media as well. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you search Transport for the North on any of those platforms, you'll find us. Um, and daily we will bring you the latest news um, and our activities as well on those so do do join us on social media give us a shout if you've got any questions as well any ideas for the podcast again links to contact us all on our website so uh, get in touch and that's it for this time stay in touch and now speak to you again soon thanks for listening to the transport for the north podcast Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.